What's up, Story Geeks? It's Jay. On today's podcast, we're continuing our serial, Time Slingers Season 1, the online time travel adventure series, which we turned into a novel. Now we've turned into an audiobook. Last week, we published Episode 6, and this week, we're diving into Episode 7. Don't miss my writer's commentary on our Patreon account, where I break down our thoughts on time travel and storytelling and the crazy accents I'm doing. If you become a supporter of the Story Geeks podcast on Patreon at the $3 a month tier, you unlock the writer's commentary every week and you unlock the full audiobook when it's completed, which means you don't have to sit through these intros and outros I'm recording. All $3 a month supporters and above will receive the uninterrupted audiobook and my writer's commentary for no additional costs. Physical and digital copies of Time Slinger Season 1 are available on Amazon if you prefer not to listen to me read it to you, which I totally understand. You don't want to hear these crazy accents I'm doing. And if you don't want to become a patron, you can purchase the full audiobook as soon as it's finished. Like I said, you will not have to listen to these intros and outros if you have access to the full audiobook. So you can either purchase it or you can become a Patreon supporter. Either way, you get it for free. $3 a month tier. Just make sure you pick that $3 a month tier. Links to all of those things are in the show notes or you can head over to patreon.com slash thestorygeeks or reclamationsociety.org slash timeslingers for more info. Time Slingers Season 1 is produced for the Reclamation Society. In our last episode, Marcus Klein visited Russia in 2019 to visit an arms dealer named Rushtam Ergarov. He's looking to purchase something called a spider nuke. Meanwhile, Jessica unearths evidence of something called the Exodus Project, and Hector Salazar deals with the stress of wondering if the bounty hunter truly was his sister. All right, let's jump back in. Here's Episode 7 of Time Slingers. Episode 7, June 19th, 2147. Briefing Room, Union Subdivision. Hector gulped down another cup of coffee. We getting anywhere? Jack asked. Taylor stared at Hector, who returned an unblinking glare. Two weeks ago, we intercepted an encrypted message transmitted across a rarely used XLS communication channel. We finished encrypting it yesterday. Jessica brought up the message on the monitor. Exodus project. Data extracted. Measures in place for full... That's it, said Hector. How much do you know about the Exodus project? Taylor asked. Jack shrugged. Not much. Heard rumors as a kid, but that was a long time ago. It was hyped as somebody's modern-day Christopher Columbus fantasy. It's more than that, Taylor played the video clip Jessica had found. When it was over, he switched to a three-dimensional rendering of the spacecraft. It may be an XLS target. Hector's frown deepened. You think some division of the Union is still trying to build that thing? Wouldn't we know about it? It's wrapped up in so much red tape, we're not sure, Jessica said. We've turned up some interesting findings, Taylor noted. After that story ran, everything about the Exodus Project went dark. The media stopped reporting on it. All Union files became classified. And forgotten, that story came out at least 20 years ago, said Jack. 30, which means it may be nearing completion. What does that have to do with JFK or the Apollo program? Jack asked. They're all tied to space exploration. It's not solid, but it's all we've got. We can't wait for them to sabotage another rocket or put a bullet through a former president before we make a move. What about my sister? Interjected Hector. Jessica's shoulders sagged. We haven't found anything. Hector jumped up. 
All we have is half a sentence. We need more. Maybe Alexandra can help. The bounty hunter? We've never seen her before. We have no idea what her role is. She may not know anything. Besides, if she is your sister, she's one of them, said Taylor. She tried to kill you. Then the emergency alarm blared. Taylor cursed and grabbed his communicator. Report! Molecular transfer, sir. Moscow, 2019. Jessica, Sam, suit up. He turned to Hector and Jack. You two stay here. February 1st, 2019. Embassy Hotel, Moscow, Russia. I had no choice. They were going to kill me. Klein set the data pad on the bed and swung his case closed. We don't have the luxury of containment anymore, said Lee. I'm sending you the information on some local mercs. Make sure everything tracks back to them. Beep, beep, beep. Klein's data pad alerted him to a new danger. Multiple heat signatures. They're here. KGB. Didn't take them long. Contact me when you're clean. Klein darted to the window. Fifty stories up, no way down. The room next door had a balcony. Boom, boom, two hard knocks at the door. Shouts in Russian. Klein rushed to the bathroom and felt the wall behind the bathtub. Boom, boom, crash. A battering ram. Klein pushed four explosive clay pads into the bathroom wall and took a step back. The small detonation left an imperfect rectangular hole. The front door to his hotel room splintered open. Klein dove into the adjacent room and bolted to the balcony. Heaving a nearby wooden chair through the glass window, he stepped out into the night air and pulled a long, thin cord from his coat. He wrapped the cord around one of the chair's legs and secured the chair against the balcony's railing. Grasping the cord, he swung out and rappelled down the wall. Halfway down, two bullets fractured the glass windows on either side of him. Shots from the KB office. Two bullets fractured the glass windows on either side of him. Shots from the KGB officers on the ground. Klein dropped the stun grenade. The officers scrambled, but too late. It went off. They hit the ground. Dazed. Fifteen feet left. KGB officers reached the balcony and began sawing his cord. It snapped. He tumbled to the cement. Pushing himself up, he grabbed his ribs and hobbled down the street, making sure to weave through several alleyways. He hit a side street. A hunched-over old man stood beside his car and fumbled with the door. Klein placed the barrel of his silencer against the man's skull. Give me the keys. February 1st, 2019, outside Boar's Head Tavern, Moscow, Russia. Think the XLS did this? Sam's voice was barely audible through Jessica's earpiece. They had to speak softly. The search parties were getting close. Jessica leaned back against the cold stone of the skyscraper wall as searchlights rebounded through the alleyway. The KGB's gruff shouts grew closer. She watched one of the soldiers kick a vagrant and slam the butt of a rifle into his skull. The homeless man fell into the snow and whimpered. A circle of soldiers stood in front of a lavish restaurant. Two men lay sprawled out on the pavement in front of them. I don't know, Jessica whispered. It's not like them to shoot two men in cold blood. After what they did to JFK, I don't know what to expect from them, said Sam. The restaurant doors opened and a well-dressed, rotund man strode to a luxury sedan waiting for him at the curb. Jessica moved out from behind the corner of the skyscraper and peered through the ocular enhancer to get a better look. 
Who's that? asked Sam. His perch atop the building down the street was too far away to get a good look. Her data pad ran the images through a facial recognition program. Rustam Ergarov, arms dealer. Think that's why they're here? Who knows? A bright white light blinded Jessica. Disengaging the ocular enhancer, she dove for cover. Too late. Bullets pinged off the skyscraper wall. She bolted for the end of the alleyway. They've seen me, Sam. A small hovering camera attached to a drone darted around the skyscraper. Beep! It engaged its night vision lens. Jessica fired two shots. The drone short-circuited and crashed to the ground. But the images had likely already been transmitted. She ran. Dead end. A hobo warmed his hands over a fire burning inside a trash can. Startled, he jumped back and started to protest. Then he suddenly stopped. Terrified and blubbering, he fell back into the snow and wrapped his arms up and over his head. Jessica spun around. Soldiers rappelled down the sides of the skyscrapers. They hit the ground and shouted at her. She brandished her gun as the semicircle of soldiers closed in. There was no escape. Thanks for listening to episode seven of Time Slinger season one. We'll be back next week with episode eight, so make sure you're subscribed. Stay tuned after this outro. I'll play a clip from my exclusive behind the scenes commentary where I talk a little bit more about this episode. If you want access to the full commentary on each episode, support us on Patreon at the $3 a month tier, which is the tier that most people support us at anyways. And then you get access to the full length clip of the writer's commentary. That's over at patreon.com slash the story geeks. Your support enables us to do even more serials like this. Obviously, we have Death of a Bounty Hunter coming, so we really love it when you guys support us, and please consider supporting us. If you want to binge listen to Time Slinger Season 1, you can order the entire audiobook when it's complete, or if you prefer to read it yourself, you can get a print or digital copy on Amazon.com. Don't forget, the $3 a month tier supporters or higher on Patreon actually just get the audiobook for free. So that's another way of doing it. Links to all of those items are in the show notes, or you can find more info at patreon.com slash the story geeks or reclamation society.org slash time slingers. Episode seven was written and read by me, Jay Shear. Nathan Sheck illustrated this book and served as a story consultant. Time slingers season one, including episode seven was produced by the reclamation society. Here's a clip from my exclusive audio commentary, and I'll catch you next week for episode eight. Now, one of the things I found interesting was as I reread this, I had forgotten this until I started reading it again. Uh, This was back again in 2008 that I was probably writing this sometime around there, maybe 2007. We started writing Time Slingers in like 2005. So, but we didn't get to this format of writing for a while. So I'm not exactly sure on the dates. But anyways, my point being is that I had drones. And the funny thing, this is what's really funny about how you do this. Um, this is 2019, and there are drones. I w- I predicted drones. I had no clue that I was going to predict drones, but I guess it wasn't that big of a prediction. Uh, but it's kind of fun to see what you predicted and see what actually uh, comes of it. So there were drones. Jessica is um, Jessica is seen by a drone, and then the KGB come after her. And then the chapter ends, and that's I mean two action sequences and just a little bit of a, a union subdivision kind of exploring what it means to be a part of this Exodus project. So yeah, we get to see this is the story's gonna jump around a little bit more between types of characters. So we'll jump not not just between the union. Uh,